You're a mage. My sister is a mage. And a Damasian. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Rantarian universe. I'm your host Jacob, or Skullhood Soldiers, and let's get into it. Now, today we're going to be covering one of the most recent events that occurred in Demacia and in Runeterra as a whole, which is the Sentinels of Light event, otherwise known as the Second Ruination or the world spanning harrowing. Like, there are many ways to, to describe this event, but it was huge. So, what happens in Demacia when it comes to this event? We will cover the entirety of the event of Sentinel's Light at a later date, but I'm just going to give you a rundown of how it affected Demacia in particular. So, in Demacia, the big things that happened were one of its outlying towns got absolutely devastated by this oncoming attack of the undead during the Sentinels of Light event, as well as their capital, the great city of Demacia, was attacked directly by the ruined king, Fiego, the big bad the big bad of the Sentinels of Light event. Now, it is important to understand like what's going on during the Sentinels of Light. So basically, to to give a brief synopsis of what is occurring here, the Sentinels of Light event is when Viego, otherwise known as the Ruin King, was a, awakened during the events of the Ruin King game. Essentially, the previous Pirate King of the region of Bilgewater, which we'll cover also at a later date, was tricked by a character known as Thresh, uh, who is a undead skeleton kind of man. Uh, he's known as a Chain Warden. Uh, he was tricked by him to awakening Viego. Events happen, Viego is seemingly defeated, but it turns out he is not. And he instead is fully empowered and fully awakens. And he begins to use his power to spread out the Black Mist, which is this really hellish substance that exists on the Shadow Isles. That spirits are trapped inside and essentially are tortured for all eternity. And... If you get trapped inside this black mist, your soul is literally, like, ripped out of your body eventually, and you join the ranks of the black mist. And normally, the black mist does not expand outwards from the borders of the Shadow Isles. However, there are times where it expands a little bit farther out. These are called harrowings. And the farthest it usually expands outwards is about the about to the Serpent Isles where Bilgewater is. So not quite to the broader um, continents of Runeterra, like Valor and Charima. It doesn't quite reach there. It reaches about halfway across the sea towards that point. However, during this event with Viego now awakened, he, uh, he basically just uses all his power to spread the herring outwards as far as he wants. Specifically because he uses the Black Mist as a way to transport himself around, as well as his vast armies of the undead. Because Viego is trying to find pieces of 
his queen's soul, his dead queen's soul. Uh, he, the entire events of the original ruination that created the Black Mist and Viego's status as this, the Ruined King, is a big story beat, which we will cover eventually, but the basis you need, the basics you need to understand here is a soul died during uh, Viego's life, he was mournful, he took her to the Shadow Isles, uh, things went bad for various reasons, uh, Viego died, a soul's soul was shattered, and all her pieces were scattering around the world, inhabiting different pieces that were related to her life, essentially. During the events of the Sentinels of Light event, Viego decides he's going to try to reconstitute his wife, his queen, and rule uh, rule the world in... Well, maybe not rule the world, he just wants us all back, essentially. It, it's... It's seemingly a fairly simple motivation. He just wants his wife back. But how he goes about this is not good. So, yeah. As he begins to move about, he the first location he, he goes to is Demacia. Why Demacia? Well, it seems to be it's because that's where he first gets an inkling of where one of Isolde's splinters is. And so he heads straight towards Demacia because it is located inside a Mage Seeker compound. As the Black Mist begins to spread out, his undead forces come with him. Part of these forces include Hecarim. Hecarim used to be one of Viego's generals when he when he was alive. And Hecarim is a vindictive, like, awful, awful person. He loves mayhem and destruction. He was all the time wanting to go to war during the age when Viego was king and all that. The king of Camivore. And so, yeah, not not good time for anyone now that Hecarim is on the loose. And with Hecarim are his undead horde of the knights he rode with, like his personal cadre of knights. And Hecarim decides he's going to attack a small town inside Demacia first, because that's just the first place he gets to. As he gets there, he decides to have a little fun by cutting off the escape route of a messenger who's trying to flee from the town to warn the king about what's going on, to warn Jarvan IV. But he's cut off completely, and and then Hecarim decides to mess with him by making him a squire and giving him a ghostly steed by ripping one of his soldiers in half, because guess what? They're ghost centaurs, essentially. They're fused to their steeds. And put plopping him on this ghost horse and forcing him to be a part of his horde as he then assaults Havenfall. Now, lots of things happen here, but the important thing to understand is during his attack on Havenfall, it is the indication of what the broader state of Demacia is in this moment. Like, Hecarim is messing with this poor guy. This poor guy eventually uh, turns on Hecarim and tries to fight back, but he's easily killed. It, it, that is the simple implication. Hecarim finds it amusing that he tries to fight back. And because he knows, like, cool, you're just going to join the Black Mist then. I don't really care. And he continues on his onslaught. Demacia gets absolutely decimated by this, this rolling wave of the Black Mist with all these ghouls and undead warriors from days gone from days gone past just all of these or years gone past really and 
it's just completely devastating the countryside of Demacia, and it all goes right towards the capital. It is beelining there, because that's where Viego is going, and the Black Mist is following right behind him. When Viego gets to the Mage Compound, he pretty quickly realizes where the Splinter is, and so goes straight for it. During this, the characters known as Lucian and Senna, who are members of the Sentinels of Light, the, the title of this event, because the Sentinels of Light are people who train to fight the undead and contain the harrowing to the Shadow Isles. But they also know that Viego is this very dangerous ruined king, and that if he ever awoke fully and began to spread out, that the Sentinels of Light would need to fight him. Well, they try, but it turns out the Sentinels of Light that used to exist in Demacia were absolutely destroyed Either a long time ago, it's a bit unclear on the timetable on when the Sentinels of Light and Demacia were destroyed. All it's known is that they have a secret area that remains in Demacia, but the Sentinels that were there are no longer present. So Lucian and Senna decide to work together, uh, because there has been a life, to try to figure out a way to stop Viego. During their attempts to stop him, they run into Vane, who is currently fighting Shivana. Because Shivana has unfortunately been ruined. Now, ruined is a state that certain champions and characters during the events of the ruination, of the second ruination and Sentence of Light event, were aff afflicted with by Viego. Essentially, Viego would prey upon their emotional or some sort of weakness they have in their, inside them, like something that they have not resolved, essentially, and pokes at it and prods at it and then rips it open into a vast wound, essentially, into their soul, and then manipulates them into joining his forces as these ruined characters. Essentially, he mind-controls them, is what's going on. He basically mind-controls them, and it is a horrendous process. Shivana thinks, is, like, filled with anger about what's been done to the mages, because she it reflects back onto her and other magical creatures. And she has never really fully felt welcome in Demacia. She started to, but due to the events of the Mage Rebellion, it's implied that kind of went away. And there are even some implications that Shivana was imprisoned inside the Mage Seeker compound. Now, it's unclear if that's actually true. It's an implication that some people have written into it. So, making that very clear here. But the important thing is, Shivana is ruined. She f is fighting Vayne. Lucian and Senna come in. They help Vayne out because it turns out the only things that could harm these ruined as well as undead creatures are relic weapons, which are special weapons that the Sentinels of Light have. And so, through some coordination and fighting, they eventually defeat Shivana. Vane tries to kill Shivana because she hates monsters. Senna stops her, and they eventually try to go and stop Viego. Unfortunately, they are too late. Viego already has a splinter, and he flees after trying to kill them by collapsing the building on them and also sending Shivana after them. Shivana is defeated one last time. And then they all leave. Why is this event important to Demacia as a whole? Because this event has broader implications for the Sentinels of Light event as a whole. But in terms of Demacia itself, this is basically the indication to me that Demacia is falling apart. Because Demacia has all sorts of anti-magic stuff all over the place. They have the Petrocyte, they have... Uh, Galio, they have all sorts of th ways to combat magical things and magical creatures. And yet they fall so quickly. 
to Viego's attack. Now, part of that is because it was so sudden and so overwhelming. Like, I doubt anyone would have really been successful in stopping this attack by Viego. But what really indicates to me is there's no mention of, like, Jarvan doing anything during this event. There's no mention of Garen or of Lux, of anyone doing anything during this event. Now, some of that, I will admit, is probably bad writing. Uh, there's a lot of it writing errors inside the Sentinels of Light event. Uh, it's why it's not a very popular event amongst League of Legends fans. However, it is important to contextualize this. Because let's take aside all the writing errors and let's look at what it's implying. It is implying that the events of the Major Bellion were so severe and the, and the Masi is so fractured that they could not even come together to fight off a truly world-ending potential event in the second ruination in this harrowing. It is insane to think about. Because it is implied several times, and we even see evidence, that the Demacians have sent forces to fight in the Shadow Isles before, even though they're on the opposite side of the world from the Shadow Isles. And yet, they still try to fight them because they believe that is the right thing to do, and it's the undead. It makes sense that the peop the place where basically paladins live is where they they're the same place that goes after the undead. And it's even implied that Sentinels of Light could even have had a strong presence in Demacia at one point. There's a reason there's a big secret base underneath uh, underneath the mage compound where the Sentinels of Light used to be. But the fact that Sentinels of Light don't even exist anymore in Demacia, at least not in strength. Uh, Lucian and Senna are implied to be members of the Demacian branch of the Sentinels of Light, especially Lucian. Senna is uh, not native to Demacia, she's native to a different region. But the fact that these two were likely members of this branch, or at least linked to this branch in some way, because they knew immediately where it was. And yet, that branch is just gone, essentially. It's, it's dead. Whether or not those Sentinels of Light were killed by Vega's attack, or they just stopped existing after one point, and Sentinels were like the last members of it, well, that seems unlikely, but it's possible. It just shows that the, they lost the plot, essentially. The Masia forgot what they actually were meant to do, which is further evidence that Masia is the slowly corroding kingdom, which, unless it comes together in some way, deals with its issues, it's going to fall. Whether to whether to Silas or Swain over Noxus, to who knows what, unless they stop in, like, unless they come together and stop mistreating their own citizens, they're going to fall. Like, it, it really feels that way, that this whole event where this Black Mist comes in and just wrecks havoc, and there's, like, no one there to stop it, to me really shows just how just absolutely unready Demacia was due to the events of the Major Rebellion, which was very self-inflicted at this point. It is a really fascinating event to look at in terms of how it affected Demacia and how it's even further evidence of Demacia's slow and then very sudden fall from grace after the events of the Major Rebellion. But before we get into a final uh, retrospective on Demacia as a whole, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Hello, gentle listener. 
every Friday. Be sure to tune in. What the hell are you doing, Ampersand? (laughs) Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. And I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, yo, crusty coot? Uh, anywhere you can get all your podcasts. Woo-hoo! You'll find it every Friday, you stupid cat! <laughs> if you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2 for updates in the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as rate or follow the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv slash goldsoldiers, where I stream myself playing League of Legends and other games, and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. And once again, I just want to thank everyone who has been listening and downloading this podcast. Just thank you so, so much. I just checked. We are at 6,000 yearly downloads now. Just, oh my, thank you so much. Just, I'm so grateful for all of you. It just means the world to me that you are so, all so supportive and just willing to listen to this podcast, and I'm just so, so grateful. And as we continue on, I can't wait to tell you more and more about this crazy Runeterran world, and it's I'm just so excited. But with that, let's get back to the show. Now, we have been covering Demasi for a while now. Like, it's been nearly, I think it actually has been over a year now that we've been covering Demasi. And I want to say that Demacia, as I've been rereading all these short stories and reanalyzing all these champions, Demacia has quickly risen in my mind as one of the more interesting regions in Runeterra. Now, some may disagree. Some may think Demacia is this boring old goody-two-shoes region, or they don't like it because it has boring characters. I so disagree. Now, Demacia is not my favorite region by far. That goes to a very different region, which we will cover eventually. But I will say that Demacia is way more interesting than even I thought. And I didn't even think it was that boring. But looking back through it, it really put in perspective how Demacia is this really well-fleshed-out, tragic country. Like, it is really a... Just this microcosm of prejudice and struggles and political tribulations and ethical questions and just constant, constant examples of the tragedy of when a kingdom is founded on relatively good principles and yet fails to live up to those principles as it continues to live on and on and those principles get corrupted. This was a kingdom that was founded on the principles of justice and stopping evil in the world, such as the evils of the Rune Wars. And that got twisted to, instead of being about preventing another thing like the Rune Wars from happening, preventing evils in the world, and being a symbol of justice, to being a symbol of oppression, and preventing mages from just existing. It, it completely shifted and changed and twisted, which is such a fascinating look at Demacia and what it's trying to say. It, it is easy to see that Demacia is meant to be 
kind of a thematic message about how hatred and misguidedness can corrupt even a place as brilliant and seemingly righteously minded as Demacia and and just completely destroy it. Just rip it to shreds because of their own hubris and because of their own pride. That is the downfall of Demacia in a nutshell, is people coming together because they just want more power. And instead of using that power to help people, they instead use that power to gain even more power and then look down on and discriminate against those they view as lesser just because of who they are. It is very much a, a, a tale of bigotry and prejudice and, disc- and discrimination. That is the story of Demacia. There is no way to look beyond this. The mages are second-class citizens in Demacia. They are mistreated. They are looked down upon. And so when the major rebellion happens, it is no wonder it is so violent and so just eruptive and, disrup- and disruptive. It just completely rips apart Demacia from the inside out. And it's no wonder that a man like Silas takes the, takes the reins and, and really corrals the, the downtrodden people in Demacia behind his banner. It's like, no wonder the people have been so mistreated and so downtrodden for so long that in their minds, open revolt and rebellion and a civil war were their only options they saw remaining. And they didn't really care who got hurt in the process anymore. They were just tired of the nobility and Demacia treating him like trash, like lesser, lesser than human. That is a true tragedy of Demacia in, in a true sense is while like what Silas is doing and did is in some ways reprehensible, like how his treatment of Jarvan the Force was not truly fully fair, it's it seemed to be implied, and also his outright violent acts seem to go a bit beyond of what is necessary. One could argue that just taking down the power structures of the nobility makes sense, but how it goes about it may be too extreme. That is completely up to the debate, honestly. But what matters here is you don't fully disagree with Silas, really. Like, they, it is framed that Silas is kind of in the right. Actions put aside, his, his goals and reasons make sense. And that is the fault of Demacia. Someone like Silas shouldn't have to exist. He shouldn't even have been created due to how the Mage Seekers treated him. If there have been more people like Sona's family... And the Illuminators, trying to bring the mages more into the sense of being Demacian. If they had been more like Garen during the last events of the Mage Rebellion uh, comic, where he, in the opening quote of this episode, where he admits that his sister is a mage in Lux, and that she's still a Demacian. That's what the Mage Seekers don't get. That's what Jarvan IV forgets through his anger and grief and rage is that all these mages, they are citizens of Demacia. Just point, like, that's it. They are citizens of Demacia. And yet, they didn't feel like Demacians. Even though they lived in those borders, they lived amongst these people, they worked and toiled for Demacia, and yet, they are treated as less than dirt. That is just so indicative of the true state of Demacia in the end. And it's why Demacia is such a fascinating country to me. Because 
there's so much evidence of what good they could do in characters like Galio, Lux, Poppy. Like, these characters really show that there is good in Demacia, and Demacia could do good. Heck, even in Garen, as complex and complicated as feelings on mages are, even he is a sign of what Demacia could be. But it isn't right now. And like in my discussion with the lovely people at League of Loreheads, it'd be really interesting to see Demacia become the country that Poppy or Lux or Gallio thinks it should be. If it could become that eventually, if the Major Rebellion could be handled, maybe eventually a peaceful resolution is, is developed. Maybe Silas is defeated and then looks rallies the mages into a more peaceful coexistence in Demacia after also ripping down the the chains of oppression that the nobility have set up. That would be really fascinating to see happen. But who knows? There's still so many characters that either don't care about the mages or look down the magic in general, like Vane. And we'll just have to wait and see where the story goes. The more people there are in Demacia, like Quinn, Lux... Poppy and Galio and even Garen, the more likely Damasi is to become the country that it was founded to be. Basically, the more it is it is alike to Morgana, the second of the two winged protectors of Damasi's founding, the more likely it is to achieve what it was meant to be. They have to stop idolizing what they think Kale. The, the 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 protector that they look up to the most, that to stop looking to her and look more to the Veiled Lady and Morgana. Because that is what they should be more like. They should be more forgiving, more, more willing to work with the people, even if they don't really like them because of magic or whatever. But we'll have to wait and see. Like that, whether Demacia becomes good, like basically comes together and heals or shatters completely, it is completely up in the air right now. It all depends on the actions of all these various characters. If they can come together and bring Jarvan back into the light, or at least take the Mage Seekers away, or if Jarvan IV fully falls into despair and and villainy, we'll have to wait and see. It, it all completely depends on how all these characters deal with it between Jarvan, Silas, Garen, Lux, between all of them. They are basically going to change the fate of Demacia at this point. And whether that fate is going to be good or bad is up to them. Well, with those final thoughts on Demacia stated, if you have any questions or thoughts, please send them in reviews on your podcast of choice or to lorebroomterra at gmail.com. You can also send them through the Discord channel on League of Lore on the Robots Radio Network Discord, and I will do my best to answer them next episode. And now that we have finally, finally wrapped up on the coverage of Demacia, for now at least, it is time to move on to our next region, and one which has been explored quite recently thanks to a little-known show called Arcane. That's right, it is time to talk about Piltover and Zahn. See you all next time. <laughs>